Hello there, this is Cassia. And this is Coden. Welcome to The Oven Hawk, a podcast where we discuss Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic as well as everything Star Wars. Today we will be answering your questions in honor of hitting 300 followers on Instagram and reacting and reviewing the Old Republic Rescue Mission fan film. This is episode 19 and this is where the Jedi Council begins. By hitting 300 followers on Instagram, I don't mean I physically hit people because we're still being, you know, socially distant. It just means we reach the milestone of we have 300 and now 300 plus followers on Instagram and we're grateful. So we just wanted to commemorate that milestone. The real story is that she had to break in her lightsaber somehow. So she hit 300 followers. Yes, that's exactly what I did. So we just wanted to honor that milestone, answering some follower and viewer questions. So we got a pretty good amount of 15 questions and we'll just be answering them. So thank you for submitting them. So our first question comes from Plex Armory and his question is hypothetical. You can create a new KOTOR game, but it can't be an RPG. What genre do you make it? What do you think of that? I love RPG, so it's weird to think of a good non-RPG Star Wars game. It's going to be a racing game, and it's going to revolve around like the underground pod racing scene. But it has to be a new KOTOR game. Oh yeah, but there's there's racing in KOTOR. They're like a knockoff pod racer. bikes, I guess. Racing game, KOTOR style. Finishing the race, they would find the star maps. And then they would challenge Darth Malak to a game of chicken to the Star Forge or something at the end. Yep. That sounds like an idea. For me, I love games like Uncharted and Jedi Fallen Order. I kind of wonder if it would be kind of like going from point A to point B and it's kind of a quest and you find what you need along the way. You could either have a blaster or a lightsaber or a vibrosword. You would control the combat a bit more. That could be interesting. Or it could also be interesting, like, if you have, like, each planet, like, you have the main city you're looking for the Starforge in, and you kind of do different quests in each city. That would be kind of a lot of work for one development, unless, like, it's kind of, like, smaller planets for each one. So I kind of think something like Jedi Fallen Order or Uncharted would work better. Your basic action-adventure game, I would love it, because I don't think a first-person shooter KOTOR game would really take off. Our second question comes from Star Wars Negotiations, and they're asking, favorite planet in Star Wars? Oh, this is a tough one. I I have a lot of planets that I really like. I like a lot of the prequel planets, like Kamino and Kashyyyk or Felucia. They're just really way out there type planets. 
where they're yeah. more of an extreme. Maybe not so much Kashuk. Kashuk is a little bit more conservative, but Camino and Flusia for sure are major like eye openers compared to more of the traditional planets that we see like Hoth. I would definitely say my favorite planet is a tie between Naboo and Coruscant. I just love Naboo for its culture and environment. It's kind of like if Star Wars had an Italy mixed a bit with India. I just find it beautiful. If I had had to choose a cuisine in Star Wars, I'm probably like, the closest thing to Italian is probably Naboo, so let's try that. And then Coruscant, it's kind of like the big city, major hub of the galaxy. I'm just sure there's nice parts and there's like not as nice parts as we've seen. It'd be a fun place to spend part of the year or a vacation, and I'm sure if you go to the Times Square equivalent on Coruscant, you'd be able to find something to eat and like meet lots of cool people, see lots of nice shows, and maybe while you're watching an opera, a space ballet, you could hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yeah, I really like Dex's restaurant. I think that's the coolest place in Coruscant. Our third question, it comes from Star Wars Temple Guard, and they say, what is your favorite Star Wars memory? Probably the first Star Wars video game I played, which was Rebel Assault 2 on Windows 95. Oh, for the time, it was a really cool Star Wars game. It's nearly unplayable now. That was like the first Star Wars game that I played. For me, it was it was probably growing up with the prequels. I had Qui-Gon lightsaber. I had Anakin's from Attack of the Clones. Yoda's from Revenge of the Sith. But never a Mace Windu. I really tried to make a Mace Windu lightsaber happen. It never did. I loved playing the Bounty Hunter game with Jango Fett. That's why I was so excited for Star Wars 1313 and it's sad that game was canceled and growing up with Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2 and of course like the classic OG battlefronts. I would say the capstone would be I saw Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith but not only that I skipped school to see it. And by skip school, I mean I had my mom check me out 30 minutes before school ended, and my friends and I, we went together excused. We didn't really slough or leave unexcused. We saw Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, and it was amazing. I loved it. Those are the bad days of Cassia getting excused from school to see Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. I was going to say, I saw Revenge of the Sith after a scout camp and it was like off a long drive home and so I was like partially post car sick and then I got like really motion sick during that opening fighter scene where they're weaving in and around the the venators and yeah I nearly lost my lunch over that scene. Fun fact I saw Rogue One with him and we were on motion seats because I was with a few friends and I was like hey let's see Rogue One on the motion seats I think Coden, did you throw up? I don't quite remember, but it seemed like you were a little squeamish. I was like way distracted because that was the first time I sat in a D-box. I was more confused about why my seat was moving than like what was on the on the picture at the time. Like I paid attention to only about half the movie the first go through because I was like, why is my seat moving? I liked it and I thought it was awesome. Star Wars Legend Facts asked, 
Favorite movie moments for the both of you? Probably Revenge of the Sith. Which moment? I mean, I, I like a lot of moments in Revenge of the Sith. I like Anakin's like reconfrontation with Count Dooku, watching the whole thing like piece itself together. The, those like 10 years of how did Anakin Skywalker become Darth Vader and just kind of watching that unfold on itself. I yeah. think that's like the highlight of that film. One, it's a tie between the pod race and Duel of Fates. Episode 2, I would probably say it's like the song Across the Stars. Anakin and Padme have not the greatest dialogue to fall in love to. John Williams makes up for it, and it kind of makes it transcend the wooden dialogue. It's kind of like one of those relationships that you know it's gonna be doomed and tragic but it's like the characters in it they just feel like they would regret it if they didn't go for it it kind of just reminds me of like romeo and juliet and tristan and isolt i like that song then episode three kind of the whole movie i would say the battle of coruscant i would say anakin versus obi-wan Episode 4, the metal scene at the end, is just a good ending. If Star Wars was only that one movie, it, it was a solid movie. In episode 5, I would probably say Han and Leia, those scenes are fun. But also just Luke figuring out that Darth Vader is his father, just transforms Star Wars completely. Then episode 6, it's probably when Luke says, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. 7, seeing Adam Driver act even though I hated that he killed Han Solo. And then in episode eight, probably the Rey and Kylo force bond scenes. It, it really humanized Kylo and kind of gave Rey something to do. And for all of my issues with the sequel trilogy, I think it's probably the most well acted. And I think in episode eight, like just their acting, it's very human. And then episode nine, I would say just kind of like hearing about force dyads because then I'm just like, hey, I can take this one sentence and kind of just it makes Kotor canon in my in my mind. So what about then, what so, about our oldest friend, Babu Frick? Uh, I think it's more of a you thing, but I mean, Babu Frick is is fun, but I would say force dyad is like where where I'm happy. And also seeing a yellow lightsaber because I would have a yellow lightsaber in Star Wars. It's like, woo, yellow. And then Solo, kind of none of it is my favorite. It's just, it's not my favorite movie. And then Rogue One, just, I really like seeing all of them die at the end. Not because I hated them, but because that's how war is. And it was sad to see them die, but it's a sacrifice. And sometimes that's what war is, and sometimes you don't make it. And just seeing Jin and Cassian, I know if they would have known each other longer, I, I feel like they would have ended up probably in a relationship, but I love that they didn't force a kiss there, because it, it just wouldn't have worked. They just kind of hold each other as they die. You see Darth Vader just plow through rebels, but then he, he just misses the plans by that much. And then you see Carrie Fisher, you have hope, you know? Yeah, anyways, that's the end of that novel. <laughs> Patino period Francisco asks, Hi, how should any hypothetical KOTOR films be structured? Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. Well, I think this is a topic that we've, we have hit on. I, I think he's looking at like structured. 
the the story told in Kotor is a kind of like a hero's journey style of story where you've got the proposed hero and just kind of watch them develop through the conflict and and the journey and i think the overall structure seeing that in kotor would probably be the most i guess like interesting and whether they want to do it in three movies or one or whatever i think it just depends on what kind of content they cover how many characters they want in there if they want to keep it with like a core group then two or three movies would be awesome if they want to include like a whole slew of characters then a tv show i'd rather see I would personally like three movies, so a trilogy. I think the first movie would be the hardest to crack. I think it should start on the Endar Spire. I just don't know how much terrace to include. And then do you get to Dantooine? And then how do you have like a climax at the end of the first movie? At the end of the first movie, maybe you could find the first star map on Tatooine. But then Darth Bandon confronts them there and he's about to alert Darth Malak and if they don't win the battle against him the Republic and everyone are doomed. I would definitely have to think more about how to crack it so it's nice thematically. Maybe Terrace is all the first film and then the climax yeah. is getting off Terrace because that is a pretty big moment in the game. The second movie can be kind of a lot of that filler of looking for the different pieces of the star map and then the climax is drop that ultimatum of like i'm darth revan what you gonna do about it from like that point to the end could be the third film for me personally the second film would be searching for the star maps and then towards the end the belly of the well would be like before they're about to go to the last planet horbon they get captured by the leviathan and then it's the big reveal and then bastila is taking prisoner and then i would maybe even add bastila after she's taken prisoner does some dark sidey stuff in the second one just so you don't treat it as like a surprise in the third one then in the third movie it's like you're you're doing the last planet revan is kind of like hey i'm revan where do i fit in all this and then they go to Lehan and then have the battle on the Starforge and then kind of the final battle, turn Basila back to the light side and then confront Malik and then that's the end. I would maybe do KOTOR 2 as a TV show. I could also see it as like a few films as well, probably two or three. I don't want to have the Revan novel be KOTOR 3, so I would like be like Disney. Get the creative team to come up with the KOTOR 3 and make that canon. Thank you. Bye. That's how I would structure the Knights of the Old Republic. Our next question comes from Lindsay O. What's your favorite part of doing a podcast? I don't know. I kind of just like the interaction of it all. Being able to talk about something that I have a big interest in and just kind of interacting with other people that have similar interests. I think that's probably the, the best part about the podcast. I've liked developing the little Instagram community we have. I think whenever I can talk about Star Wars or Knights of the Old Republic, but in a way that it kind of rises above like mere popcorn entertainment. We talk about the hero's journey or we we kind of illustrate how stories can be told like in a video game or in a movie and kind of get people to think about certain things without beating them over the head with it. I've kind of just learned also how to run a podcast. It's been a great learning experience. 
learning how to talk about things but in a way that it, it kind of trans i think we should do more than just be entertained i think we should think about what we like that's what i think at least and then our next question comes from respect star wars who's your favorite character I've got I've got a few characters that I really like from Star Wars. Han Solo, another is Qui Gon Jinn, and then Obi Wan Kenobi are like my top favorites. From Kotor, Revan is my favorite. That's kind of a cop out, but I mean that you spend so much time learning about Revan that it's like for me I think that would be my favorite. For me, prequel trilogy. It's Anakin. The original trilogy, I think it's probably Han Solo and Leia. And then sequel trilogy, probably Kylo Ren or Poe Dameron. Then in Knights of the Old Republic 1, I would say my favorite character is Gatai of Revan and Bastila. And... Revan is just like, you can have like a lot of conversations about like who or what Revan is. So many people have different like conjectures or like what they think he is, or even if he even is a he. I like having that conversation. And then Bastila, I, I like her because she is flawed. She's raised to be the perfect Jedi and like she thinks she's the perfect Jedi, but like because of how the Jedi Council took her from her family and been like, no attachment, attachment bad be perfect Jedi, you know, and then like kind of raise her up and be like, you're the one hope of the Republic. Of course, she's going to fall to the dark side. But then she canonically turns back to the light side. And I just think it's an interesting character arc. And then Knights of the Old Republic 2, definitely Kreia. She just is very complex. And then I do like the Jedi Exile. I don't know if I quite see the Jedi Exile as Mitra Surik as interpreted by the Revan novel. It just seems like the Jedi Exile went through something very hard and they overcome it and they are a great leader and they're charismatic and they bring people to their side. So before we continue on through the rest of these questions, we're going to go ahead and take just a quick break and we'll be back right after this. next question comes from Star Wars Doctrine and they ask outside of KOTOR what is your fave Star Wars games? Oh man it depends on what I want to be doing with Star Wars. My favorite lightsaber combat is Jedi Fallen Order. The best ship-to-ship combat it's like a toss-up between Battlefront 2 the the new Battlefront 2 and Rogue Squadron 3 but if I want more of an objective based like fighter combat I'd prefer the Rogue Squadron 3, where Battlefront 2 is more of just a space shooter. That's kind of where I would pick from there. I think the best shooter Star Wars game is Old School Battlefront 2. I would probably say, like, I just had a really fun time playing the Bounty Hunter where you're Jango Fett. Because you have a jetpack and you're able to scan and see if people are potential bounties. It just had a lot of different worlds and showing how Jango Fett was selected by Count Dooku. But I also really loved Star 
Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2, the originals. Growing up, my friends and I, it's like we'd either play night games outside or we would play Battlefront. It's a part of my childhood. And then I really enjoyed The Force Unleashed. It was just really fun and I thought The Force Unleashed had a great story. It's just fun to kind of go psycho with the Force. We have another follow-up question from Star Wars Doctrine. And it this is a it's kind of a heavy question. It may even be controversial. But he says, How much womp could a womp rat womp if a womp rat could womp rat? Well, there's only one answer to this question because it addresses relativity and a big if. And that is if a womp rat could womp rats, then a womp rat could womp as much womp rats as womp rat could womp rats. Wow. That is a deep, deep answer. I don't know, but I used to bullseye womp rats in my T-16 back home, and they're not much bigger than two meters, so who knows? And then our next question comes from Crusader Prophet, who says, How much research do you put in every week to prepare for every podcast episode? And I never time it, but I feel like me, Cassia, like I write most of the scripts, so I try to keep up with like current Star Wars news. Think of ways to kind of elevate the material we're talking about. I try to like have like a fun current Star Wars news topic and then try to find a nice link from KOTOR. I don't time it, maybe I should, but I feel like it's a fun outlet for me and just kind of running the Instagram as well. What about you, Coden? Well, so it depends. If it's something that's current event related, then I'll have to look at whatever we're covering. But if it's something lore related, I don't tend to spend a whole lot of time preparing. Um, I mean, how can you be a Star Wars expert if you don't already know? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, when it comes to more lore-based stuff, though, it doesn't take near as much time. It just depends on the week. For me, it doesn't really feel like work. It's more just like, it's it's fun. The only so. question that I prepared today was the Womp Rat question, and that took about five seconds. Thank you. All right, and then the next question comes from Laurie B, and she asks, why do you love Star Wars so much? Probably at the time it was introduced to me, it was either like Disney films or Star Wars. I mean, back then there wasn't a ton of Disney films, so it was it was a lot of like the cartoons or something like like a live action, like old school Disney or there's Star Wars. And so it was like, well, I'm going to watch Star Wars. And then from there, it just kind of became an obsession, I think. The first time I saw it, I don't know why I just loved it. I mean, growing up, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings... Those weren't adapted into movies yet. So there was like lots of Disney films, like, you know, like cartoons and princesses, but like Star Wars, it, it kind of felt like a fairy tale, but not quite a fairy tale. It was kind of different. It kind of added a sci-fi fantasy approach to it. It was just kind of fun. And I was a little bit more of a tomboy growing up. So it was just kind of something more my speed, I think. And then like me continuing to love it is... I think I discovered the original trilogy and then I found out, wait, there's going to be more of these. So I grew up with them. Star Wars just touches on mythology, psychology, history, drama, Shakespeare. It just combines like a whole lot into 
one interesting package. Yeah, I got introduced too with uh, the the literary lore of Star Wars at a pretty early age. Jedi Apprentice read books like the X-Wing series as a kid. Galaxy of Fear. Galaxy of Fear, yeah. Yeah, and so just like getting into some of those and that's when you know, you're just reading these books and so you're just kind of getting neck deep into kind of this expanded Star Wars lore. I think that's what really started sealing it was getting drawn into the the deeper lore of Star Wars and then just keep consuming it. And then our next, it's more of a comment. Uh, it comes from gray underscore Jedi underscore 101. And they say, oh man, y'all should talk about Mitra Surik and how unfair her death was in the book. And I think, like, obviously they're talking about the Revan novel. We, uh, we may have deleted it from the Jedi Archive memory. I kind of don't really consider Revan canon. Herpy Shan kind of just said, like, oh, Bastila is pregnant. She can't do anything. So that's why Revan left her, you know? Karth and Bastila are like, eh, we don't need to find Revan. Like, we don't need to. I'm sure we could do it if we wanted to, but eh. Who cares? That's just me thinking, like, if KOTOR 3 happened, obviously they would have been there, you know? For the novel's purposes, they, they didn't ever do that, even though they could have, I think. The Exile, it's like, oh, she's not a love interest to Revan, and she's not Revan, so what do we do with her? We'll kill her. Then it's like, and then she supports Revan, like, as an emotional support Jedi Force ghost, you know? That's not what I want out of, like, you know, my Jedi exile that I care about. And sometimes that's, like, a, something, like, a lot of writers do. It's like, well, they're not gonna be a love interest, or there's too much drama. They, they're not gonna be in a relationship. They're not a bad A character enough. Like, so what? You can be more creative than that. You don't just have to kill people off. You don't have to kill them off to cause man drama. One good example of handling a female character that I like is from... Mission Impossible Fallout, where it shows Ethan Hunt's ex-wife. She moved on. Like, it was hard for them to move on, but it was kind of the choice they were given. Ethan had to save the world, but if he's worrying about his ex-wife, he can't really focus on saving the world, and she doesn't want the world to not be saved because he's worrying about her. So they went their separate ways. Like, they still care about each other, but she moved on, and he has to move on. So that's, like, one example of good writing of a female that I, I like. We'll talk about the Revan novel some point in the future. And then, you're gonna love this question, Coden. It mm. is from Brocoon, and he asks, dream car of all the questions that's the hardest one here i'd probably have to narrow it to a few and one is the conasega gara one and another would be the austin martin db9 the dodge challenger damon and the uh r34 nissan skyline i have no idea what any of those are i just want something with four wheels that works and the bottom of the car isn't too close to the ground so if I go on a dirt road, I don't, like, bump, 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 you know? And, like, it has, like, a camera, so when I reverse, I can see things. And I'd probably have to say I'm not much, like, of a car person, but I've always kind of been in love with Ducati motorcycles since I saw Tron Legacy, and maybe one day I'll end up getting a Ducati. Yeah, like, if we're, if we're adding motorcycles to the mix, I'd uh, pick out the, uh, the Tron light cycle from... The Tron Legacy. And then Brocoon and Ghost Fighter X ask, how old are you? And I am 28. 
that's a lie. He turns 28 this year, but he's actually 27. So, and then I am 28. So our last question comes from Star Wars Legends Facts, and they ask, if you can choose one story to be brought into canon, what would it be? Can't be KOTORs. Jedi Apprentice. The Obi-Wan Qui-Gon? Yep. Yeah. All 20 of those. For me, they're still canon, personally. Like, Siri Tachi will always be canon in my heart, so. Yeah, the the story is so good that, like, it just doesn't make sense not to be canon. So I think yeah. what I would love is that, yeah, it's recognized as canon, but it would see its own films or TV show. For me, I would probably say the Plagueis book by James Lucino. I just think it's perfect and it adds like a whole lot of lore and mystery to the whole Skywalker saga as well as the prequel trilogy followed by the Darth Bane trilogy by Drew Carpichon. It's just perfect. The Force Unleashed. I just think it is a good story like the Force Unleashed one. It just shows like what would have happened to Luke if he was raised by Darth Vader and it wouldn't be healthy. And it's just funny to see like Palpatine and Vader, they kind of bring about the rebellion by trying to figure out who's the rebellion so they can destroy it. But then they end up giving the rebellion something to fight for. It's also a cool detail to notice that 2008 was the year that The Force Unleashed came out. And it was also the year that the Clone Wars movie and, like, first season ended up coming out. And it was just fun to notice that both of Anakin's apprentices, well, one when he was Anakin and one when he was Darth Vader, they kind of had the reverse grip on their lightsabers. I thought that was a cool Easter egg. And it would be cool if it were canon. There was a book written uh, called Death Troopers, and it's it's just one of those books that gets away from this, the standard genre of Star Wars. And it's a it's a horror book of a a prison that gets overcome by a a major like disease outbreak, and uh, there's a team that goes there to like figure it out, and it ends up being like a total kind of like an alien book, but it's Star Wars. Um, before we move on to our next topic, we're gonna go ahead and go on another quick break, and we'll be back. talking about the old republic rescue mission fan film it was a suggestion by plex armory on instagram to look into this and react and review it so some background is this fan film was created by torn production on youtube it has 1.7 million views and 31,000 likes and it's an award-winning fan film how they describe it is the Old Republic rescue mission is a passion project born from the idea of breaking the bounds of achievability. Begun as a small collective of individuals to soon become a larger team, we set out with an aim to create some 
of the best fan-made content ever. The Old Republic Rescue Mission is a passion project born from the idea of breaking the bounds of achievability. It is an original story featuring Mission Veo and Revan set between the events of the KOTOR game and Drew Karpishen's novel Star Wars The Old Republic Revan. Fun fact is the first time I watched it, I didn't read this. So, like, it was like, I had my mind blown. I was like, what? That's mission? It was a pun the whole time. But, yeah, that's what you get when you don't read, like, the synopsis. So, I guess what were your thoughts, Coden? Uh, I've seen a lot of these, like, YouTube fan films. And I, I really like the special effects of this one. The, uh, all the laser blasts, the lightsabers, they all look good. I, I liked the soundtrack. I, I thought, you know, I thought the acting was all right. I mean, I took a lot of these characters a lot more seriously than I did any of the sequel trilogy characters. And it was, uh, yeah. it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Yeah. The music was pretty bomb. Um, and I, like the more I, I watched it, I noticed that they kind of took riffs from, the KOTOR series and kind of incorporated it into their score so that's a nice detail um and also just like the costumes of like the Mandalorians uh Mission Revan all of the characters like they're pretty good for a fan film one thing I did notice is there are a lot of characters in this you have like Mandalorians versus Jedi and Republic Troopers versus Revan it was maybe a bit much I would I would say the fan film handles it pretty well for the most part, but maybe like instead of having groups of three of some of these factions, I would say maybe just like two Mandalorians or maybe just like one Republic trooper, you know, would have like served the purpose of the film. Or just eliminate one of the factions altogether. Just yeah. so it wasn't a big like a battle of five army scenario. I guess mission had to be rescued, but it it was kind of it was kind of interesting to have like the Jedi versus Revan when it seemed like they were both trying to rescue Mission. Anyways, but I I just found it funny that like they kind of had a Jedi Sentinel character who was a British brunette <laughs> with a double bladed lightsaber, but it wasn't Bastila. So I'm like, why not just have Bastila in it? But she did have an orange lightsaber, and, like, it was well-acted, but I was kind of just like, huh. She was also not Rey's mom, so, yeah. Not every British brunette in the galaxy far, far away is Rey's mom, as we have come to learn. Maybe she's so. a Palpatine. Yes, maybe, maybe she is, so. I think they shot this in Australia, and it's a stand-in for Alderaan, and it's a beautiful shooting location. And I like that Mission was kind of able to... I don't know if it was quite data slicing at the end, but she was kind of able to get a gun and disarm one of her opponents at the end. I, I did like that, so. She threw down um, a nat 20. She did. And just like this this take on Revan, it was, it was kind of interesting in between all the great action scenes. It's like you have a Revan who's not quite light side or dark side because he has like the red and purple lightsaber, but mission lives and when you go full dark side in knights of the old republic one like mission dies like you can't have mission live and be dark side so it's like it seems like they kind of were like creating their own destiny with revan it's kind of interesting but it's like they're kind of like revan is saying the forces existed long before jedi and sith like i'm not a jedi i'm not a sith i'm just revan you know 
So it was an interesting take. I, I don't know how, like, the Star Wars story group would see that because, like, Grey Jedi, they don't really see that as a thing, uh, which will be interesting whenever we talk about Jolie because he's, like, the Grey Jedi everyone thinks about. What do you think they were trying to say, like, with Revan? When you meet Revan, he does, he shows up with his red lightsaber and he meets up with the one Jedi and they start fighting. And, like, he, he announces that he's not a Sith, but then they still just kind of keep fighting. So it almost looked like when I was watching this film that everybody wanted to capture rescue mission for their own agenda. And so, and Revan just had his own agenda and the Jedi got in the way. Well, some of the things I think about Revan is that he's, he's kind of just a, at least whenever I play the game, he's just kind of a chaotic neutral character where he just kind of does whatever's going to work best for him. And it sometimes is great and sometimes it's not. And it's just kind of interesting to see different interpretations of Revan. It was kind of like a small film. And I, I'm not saying like it was a bad film. I'm saying like uh, in terms of Star Wars, like this isn't a battle of Coruscant. It's like three factions like kind of fighting to the death. And it's like not everything has to be like a battle of Coruscant, you know? You can still like have some good drama. It was kind of cool to like see that interpretation of Revan. See like he wasn't trying to just kill the Jedi. He he was just trying to get that Jedi Sentinel to think for herself. This has been Cassia. And this has been Coden. You can find us on Instagram at Ebonhawk Podcast. And you can email us your comments and questions at ebonhawkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, as well as you can uh, follow the Twitch account, twitch.tv forward slash code and bond to uh, catch various games streaming. Currently, we're um, streaming Thursday evenings at 6 or 7 p.m. Mountain Center time, just kind of depending on what I tweet out. Our podcast can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud at The Evan Hawk. And we are always grateful for subscriptions and reviews. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Shoreman. He can be found at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash alistairsounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker. He can be found at christianwalkermusic.com. This has been episode 19 of The Ebon Hawk. May the Force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now. Thank you.